when I'm preaching at baptisms, I often tell the family that what's about to happen today to your child is in one sense more important than the day of their birth. Because when the child is born, the child is born into this world, into this life. But at baptism, a child is born into eternal life and is born into the life of God. See, as Christians, it's hard to overstate the importance of baptism. It's not merely symbolic, it changes us. You see, in baptism, the Holy Spirit fills us and we are united with Jesus in his death and resurrection, that all of our sins are forgiven. We made a member of the body of, the, of Christ, the church, and we become God's beloved sons and daughters. You see, in baptism, we become a new creation. We hear in the gospel that today from Luke's, chapter, Luke, Luke's gospel account of baptism, that one of the best gifts of baptism is that Jesus himself shares with us his own sonship with the Father. This is what happens at Jesus' baptism. Right? Jesus is baptized, he's coming up from the water and it says that the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. That at our baptism, heaven which was previously closed to us, and sometimes I call children little pagans before they're baptized, right? Heaven becomes open and God speaks to us in the person of Jesus, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. With you, I am well pleased. What happens to Jesus happens to us. And he opens us a, a, having a new relationship with God our Father. And so this morning, I just simply want to offer two benefits of living as a beloved child of our Father. Number one, because of Jesus, the Father always delights in you. Because of Jesus, the Father always delights in you. As the son, the perfect son, God the Father eternally delights in Jesus because he's perfectly obedient and he's perfectly receptive to God. He's not in rebellion against him. And what we need to recognize is that before Jesus came, we were slaves to unrighteousness. We were slaves to disobedience. And St. Paul says that before Jesus came, we were children of wrath. Right? We were displeasing to God. We were enemies of God. And so God sends his son to take our sin and our rebellion upon himself so that we can have right relationship with God. We can be pleasing to him. And that's exactly what is happening at baptism. That relationship is applied to us so that we know that we know that we're pleasing to God. To put it in a different way, this means right now, no matter what's happening in your life, you're pleasing to God. God is delighting in you that you don't have to get his attention. You don't have to try to be good enough. You don't have to try to have your whole life together in order to be loved by God. You're already loved by God. And that is a free gift in Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters, this is a game changer because people who do not know the Father's love, they don't know that they know that they're loved in the core of their being, often spend much of their life trying to prove to others and to themselves that they're worth loving that they're lovable, that somehow that they're good enough to have attention to be given to them. And such people often will end up living in fear, trying to get other people and to, to love them or to like them. And this is why so many people are afraid of what other people think about them. We're only attached to the opinions of others when we have an insecurity about who we are and our identity. 
And so that insecurity can cause people to live in anxiety and fear of doing what they know they need to do or to be themselves. The truth is, is that when we know how pleased we are, pleasing we are to the Father and how much he delights in us, that no matter how successful I am, no matter how much I fail, no matter how much I have or how much I don't have, no matter how, much I, how good I appear, no matter how bad I appear, I know that I'm loved because of what Jesus has done for me in baptism. I'll never forget when this became real to me, when I came to discover that I had a father who loved me, that I had a, a God, that God himself was my father. It was when I was in adoration that senior year in high school when I came to realize when I opened my heart in the, in the broken areas of my heart to Jesus and I was loved in the place where I believed I was unlovable and the Holy Spirit revealed the Father to me. And I began to recognize that God is my Father and there's nothing I can do that would prevent him from loving me. Something came alive in my heart when I recognized I was searching for that kind of love my whole life. And I wanted to spend the rest of my life telling people about that kind of love. And this is, what I, this is one of the reasons why we talk so much about surrendering your life to Jesus, especially those places of, of great fear, because it's there that God wants to reveal his love to you. If we're not bringing to him our, our fears and insecurities, we don't ever have the benefit of knowing security in his love. So that's the first thing. The first benefit is because of Jesus, the Father always delights in me. The second is nothing can take away from you your identity as his beloved child. Knowing that you are his beloved son or daughter means that you are secure in God. Your identity is secure in him. And if your identity is secure in him, you can weather all sorts of trials in this life without having an identity crisis because you know that your identity is secure and you have a father who loves you, who's stronger than anything that you can encounter and experience in this life. To put it a different way, if you have your identity in God, your hope is, you can have hope in every circumstance because your hope is not determined by your circumstance. It's rooted in an identity that transcends what you're experiencing. This is very, very powerful. Let me put it a different way. If my value is related to my identity in things that can pass away and be destroyed in this life, if I identify myself by what I do, by how I look, by what I have, by the status I have, by whether or not a certain person loves me or rejects me, then I'm going to have an identity crisis when those things begin to fall apart in my life. And that is exactly what begins to happen. This is one of the reasons why people experience so much anxiety in life. Because in one way or another, they began to believe in an identity that outside of God in such a way that when that is challenged, when something bad happens, they begin to lose all hope. And anxiety can, if it's not checked, can turn into depression. And depression can often cause or be the result of various mental illnesses, which if not addressed, can turn into suicide. One of the reasons why we talk so much about the identity in God is that in other areas of our life, because we've been wounded or hurt by other people, we've begun to believe in something other than what God says who we are. We begin to believe the identities that the world gives to us, or perhaps the identities that we give to ourselves. And not being rooted in God, we're left, uh, kind of, we're, we're left to whatever things happen around us. You see, the world has no answer to the epidemic of suicide. 
And more and more young people are living in anxiety and fear and depression and are tempted to suicide because outside of God, they cannot find meaning for their lives. We have the answer to that. Jesus has given us that identity. And so it's worth us seeking that identity to look at all the different areas of our life that we're not believing, right? We're not believing God's word, but we're believing someone else's word so that we can truly know the confidence and the peace and the security of what it means to be a beloved son or a daughter. So how can we live as a confident beloved son or daughter? Just two things. One, we need to come to know the truth of what God says about us. We need to know the truth, what, what scripture says. We need to know what God is saying to us and about us in prayer. If we do not pray, if we do not know what he's saying about us, guess what? We're going to believe what someone else says about us or maybe what we say about us, but we cannot affirm ourselves. We're fundamentally relational. So we really need to know what God says about us and we need to believe what he says. This is actually simpler than it seems. We need to come into agreement with what God says about us. And we need to actually recognize the different areas of our hearts in which we don't believe that. In other words, I can be up here talking to, every, talking to all of you saying, God loves you so much. His love is so extravagant and so good. But if you're believing that you're not lovable because of X, Y, Z thing happening in your life, or because you just don't want to believe that, there's nothing I can do to help you experience that. This is why I talk often about inner healing prayer, that inner healing prayer can help us identify structures of unbelief in our hearts so that the, the love of God can come alive in our hearts. So we need to come to know what God says about us and we need to believe it. And the final thing I would say is the role of the Holy Spirit in making this real to you. One of the reasons why we pray so much for the Holy Spirit to come is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon someone, he often reveals the Father to us, that we know that we know that God is our Father and that he loves us, that he's not against us, he's for us, that he sent his son Jesus to deal with the stuff that we suffer with, right? And this is why in Alpha, for example, we pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit makes God real. He makes his fatherly love real. And so as we uh, seek to live out of our baptism, that gift that transformed us, my encouragement is to remember that because of what Jesus has done for you, you are always pleasing to him. I'm not saying your sin is pleasing to him, so you are always pleasing to him. And number two, because of what Jesus has done for us, no one and nothing and no circumstance, even the pandemic, can take away from you your identity as a beloved son or daughter. And my prayer is that as we live out of that identity, we might know his love in this life and in the life to come.